Hey folks, it's Jeremy. You're listening to Blamo. Yep, here we are. What a week. Look, if you're, if you're listening to this now, or another time, Queen Elizabeth II passed this week and did, uh, oof, I mean, it hit me. Hear me out for a second. I mean, <laughs> well, I guess you already are. But I mean, whether you supported the monarchy or not, like it, it's just sad when someone like that who was so important for so long goes. Like I got, I got really emotional when I heard it. And then it hit me again later, more so because it made me realize I'm getting old. Like I wasn't grieving for the family or others anymore as much as I began grieving for my own youth. Like you kind of just thought she was always going to be there, right? Like the sky is blue, you know, the grass is green. Queen Elizabeth is the queen of Great Britain. You just, you just kind of assumed, but man, Life uh, just happens, doesn't it? I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm not going to get all emo right now. I'm just processing. That's all. Um, you know, whatever happens next, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, times are crazy times, but I think we've been saying that ever since anyone that's been looking at history in hindsight, anyway, just being like, "Well, that's crazy." Remember those years? Anyway, what a jeez, Louise. Okay. Michelle Rabin is here this week, uh, which is awesome, all the way from Canada. I'm sure you know her from a ton of things, whether it's from Maddie Matheson's Just a Dash, uh, getting fits off online, teaching you how to bake with cannabis, talking about running and boxing. I mean, she's a food stylist. She's a producer. She's a fit god. She's friends with Billy Zane now, for real. <laughs> uh, you'll have to listen to the pod, and then you'll get it more. Then you can come back and start over and be like, now I even get that. Anyway, Michelle and I discuss how she became a food stylist, cooking with cannabis, not being a lawyer, hanging with Billy Zane, and the best jumpsuits. Strap in, this is a real one. All right, here we go. Do you have a coffee name that you give at like coffee shops? Not not really, because uh because I'm not really like a Starbucks goer. Like uh I I'm a little bit more of a snob, and so they don't ask me my name. They don't ask you. <laughs> The level, the level of like going to a high end coffee shop is the fact that like you. The other they, thing is like my order is black drip, so there's no waiting time. Like okay. I, they just give it to me, no names exchanged. See, I would have pegged you as like some sort of uh, oat milk cortado. No, no, really? Yeah, like oh man, I, I got to change honestly, all like, the notes. If I could inject <laughs> coffee into my veins first thing that I, when I wake up, just so that I didn't have to face the world without it, that I would a hundred percent do that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, what's your what's your breakfast routine? What, what, walk me through your day. Okay, like my day is kind of like I mean, uh, I mean, like you mentioned Raven Empire before, and it kind of made me chuckle a little bit because like. I mean, I work sometimes, but not that often. And so my days are usually pretty chill. I, like, I wake up and um, food isn't like necessarily the first thing on my mind. It's generally coffee. And so um, as long as like I have like a big one in front of me, I usually right. like start my day with like a nice breezy walk. Um, and then I usually run. I mean, in the summer, I'm, I'm running almost every day. Um, and then is, is running a new thing? Running is like... I so four years ago I used to be like a really avid boxer and what yeah I was gonna I was thinking about fighting even um and wait uh, what like like MMA like uh no like classic boxing okay um, so not like Ronda Rousey stuff no <laughs> um but 
but I was training like real hard. And like, I'd say I had like 20 pounds more muscle on my body than I do right now. And, um, I broke my hip, like just from sprinting and training, like not from like fighting, but, um, but after I broke my hip, I like kind of like needed to like do a lot more like, uh, like slow methodical workouts versus like really hardcore, like sprinting and boxing and, and, um, like weight bearing exercises. So, uh, I thought I would never really run again. Um, and so, I did all of that. Like I got into CrossFit and built up muscle in my leg and my hip. And then, um, and then I started running again. So yes, running is kind of new, but also old. But like the fact that I'm like doing like 10k, 10k runs without a problem now is like, um, uh, is like a miracle. It's a miracle. Like I'm stoked. But, uh, the whole thing about me running is that like people want to go running with me and I'm just like slow. And so if people want to run fast, like, I don't care, go without me. Wait, what do you mean? What, what do you mean slow? Because uh, are, are you like a Strava person? I'm, you like, you got your routes? You know, and... I think I have to become a Strava person because everyone's like, let me follow you on Strava. But like, I'm not really like a community runner. Like, I don't want to like join a thing and like have it make, I just, it's just my own thing. <laughs> and I just like want to run and like do my, do it and like see how long yeah. I can go for and come home. But like, if people are that interested in seeing where I'm going and how fast it is, then like, great, like maybe, maybe I should like join Strava. But uh, I'm part of the Nike Run Club because actually, I mean, I think that if someone doesn't know how to run and they they use those guided runs to kind of Mm -hmm. uh, get them from like, uh, like short runs to longer runs or speed training or whatever, um, I use that to, to help me. And I found it like so helpful. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So back to the, your day in the Raven empire. Yeah. Um, I usually like, I, I hate to say this because like food is totally my thing, but like, I forget to eat a lot. Like I'll just go through my day and like, I love to like have a pastry maybe like with someone, but like meals don't really occur to me until dinner. And then, and then I'm like, wow, like I really want to like a good one. Um, and, uh, and so then I'll indulge in something like really great for dinner. And I like going out. I mean, I like cooking for people, but I hate cooking for myself. Really? Yeah. Wait, this is all, this is all earth shattering right now. I know. But I think, I think, I think it's so it different person. You were like, she's busy. She eats breakfast. She never runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sh- first off, shame on me for just like some sort of bullshit stereotype I assumed You're in like, my head. I was like, "This is over." This is <laughs> no, but like I think that's also true of anyone that works in food doesn't. And I, I want to say this the right way. Like maybe so much like the food that they eat for themselves is less precious for sure. in terms of like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, why is it that anyone that works at a restaurant is obsessed with Doritos? Oh, you know what? Like, uh, I I love chips, but um, yeah. I hate. Like I hate dust on my chips. Dorito Wait, is a you... dusty chip. <laughs> no, that's the best kind of Dorito. No. What's your problem? No, it's, I like... everything is off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I like um like natural ruffles. I like to mm. dip that chip. Okay, in, like, so you're a chip and dip. dip. Oh, I love dipping. Dipping Which... is honestly like if I could say my favorite pastime, it's dipping. And not tobacco. Like if if I went on a date and someone drizzled ketchup versus like had like a pool where you dip it, it would be over mm-hmm. from the start. Okay. People take notes. Yeah, please. <laughs> so wait, okay. So chips and dip and the fact that you like plain old potato chips and you're not, a, is it because you don't want like Cheeto fingers or Dorito fingers? It's because like, it's like a, I don't know. I just like, it's there's such an intense flavor. I like really love the texture of a chip. And I think that the dust takes away from it. 
I have to admit that do you do you have all dressed in the States or is that a Canadian thing? Uh the fact that I'm unaware yeah, is it's a probably good flavor. Anyways, it's all, dusty and all I dressed chips. It. Yeah, if anyone comes to Canada, Ruffles All Dress Chip is a, a superior chip as well, but Wait, it is on. a bit dusty, and I'm accepting for, it. For listeners, I just looked it up. It's a uh, quote: "All dress chips are a masterpiece of ketchup, barbecue, sour cream, and onion, and salt and vinegar flavors, all rolled into one chip." Yes. Wow. Is everything really that much better over there? No, I mean yes. <laughs> right now, I like cannot imagine yeah. living in the state. I'm so good point. especially because I whatever. Yes, I'm yeah. happy to be living in Canada right now. <laughs> Chips are great. <laughs> are you Canadian, like yes. through and through? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, born. So you, you, you're in you're in Toronto. Yeah, I was born here um, and lived here for most of my uh, life. I like moved to the east coast of Canada for like six years, and then uh, did a quick little move to Brooklyn for about a year, and then um, and now I've been living in Toronto ever since. How was Brooklyn? It was great. I kind of like I had this like big breakup when I was 28. And then I was just like, I don't want to live here anymore. And so mm. I kind of just like picked up and, uh, and like found like odd jobs, um, people that would kind of hire me um, as an illegal alien. Uh, for oh, nice. for that time, I worked in kitchens, and I worked like doing odd jobs, I assisted other food stylists there. Um, it was it was a great time. And unfortunately, like I was broke. Um, and I think that New York is a, a really wonderful place to live if you have a lot of money. Um, so hopefully, uh, I'll do that again one day when I have more. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a that's an astute observation. Yeah, I think I think New York is great when you have it. But also, like I don't know. I mean, I lived in New York for like 16 years, and most of that time, I had little to nothing. And I think, but I was also unaware of maybe the life that I could live when I had a lot, like. A dollar, you know, and it wasn't like some shitty like dollar slice pizza, but it was like actually, you know, like uh, a cheap, you know, slice on Delancey and walking to, you know, the dark room or some sort of thing. And you like try to get someone to buy you a drink like but it's more like hedonism, I guess, than. Yeah. Cheap. And I'm definitely <laughs> a hedon. So uh, but I mean, uh, the nice thing about living in uh, New York during that to- like that time of my life was that um, you're right. Like there is like a huge grab and go sh- like street food culture that's super cheap. I was living in Bushwick and like you can't oh, even okay. cook for as cheap as you can eat tacos there. Um, is this like Roberta's era Bushwick? Kind or is of. This- it was kind of like okay. um, like uh, east of there. Um, so like okay. what was your stop? Uh, it was the Central M stop. Okay. Yeah. Flex. All right. Yeah. On, yeah so I lived that's, on that's Willoughby. A- oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were kind of like in the middle of everything. Yeah. It was, that, it was nice. Yeah. And everything was kind of like in that part of uh, Bushwick. It was like very up and coming. There was like great like dive bars around, which are still to this day, my favorite places to go. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a great time. You earlier, you were talking, you said food stylist. Yeah. Would that was, is that what you would consider yourself? Cause like in my, in my mind, like I was like, oh, like she's a producer, but she's also a food stylist. And I'm like, well, also like you kind of are, and you know, hence the whole empire thing. It's like, you are now the face of a lot of these things, whether you're doing like ad campaigns or YouTube videos or, you know, cooking with cannabis, like you're, you're becoming what it sounds like you were behind the scenes on. Yeah. I mean, that's the coolest thing. I mean, when I was, I mean, I did this 
cooking with cannabis uh, five episode series last winter. And I was uh, a food stylist was, uh, was hired for me, which was the trippiest thing because I've always been that person who's kind of been behind the scenes and kind of just making sure things flow along. And then having someone do that for me and being like the star of the show was <laughs> such a trip. And I was just like, I, I, I couldn't even fathom it. I, I was like, what are you doing here? Like, I can do all of it. Um, but it was such a luxury when I was just like, oh, like I get to just walk on and do my thing and like walk off. I don't have to clean up anything. Um, and so, yeah, it's like a real trip kind of like going from like the behind the scenes, uh, like girl who like did help produce, did style, did all the dirty work and then kind of coming forefront into like the spotlight, which is still kind of something that's so unbelievable. Yeah. Like me. with, what would you say a food stylist is? Um, a food stylist can be so many different things because there's so many different, uh, like media outlets that use food food. And so uh, it could be like, you know, like making a McDonald's burger look amazing on a commercial. Oh, that's a thing. Be, um, for oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, uh, and I mean, like, that's kind of the work that uh, when I'm busy consistently that I'm still right. doing. Um, right. And, uh, and I still get so much enjoyment out of it, especially when it's there's also like, you know, the magazines like uh, Bon Appetit and Good Housekeeping and uh, like that all have the recipes and a food stylist will come in and make all those recipes look really great for the camera. Um, so there's that work too. Uh, there's like shows like Top Chef and Master Chef where there's um, a whole team of culinary producers that are are making sure that the pantry mm-hmm. is stocked and uh, the food looks good on camera. Okay, that makes sense. We, it, you know, earlier when, when you were chatting about like growing up in Canada and stuff, did you always have this relation to food? Like, no. What, what, what were you trying to be when you were, you know, when you wanted to grow up? <laughs> I so I grew I grew up like so. Uh, I grew up in a really like in a pretty affluent Jewish okay. neighborhood and everyone that I went to school like uh like like public school with was Jewish and their parents were like accountants and lawyers and doctors and I just really didn't think that there was any other pathway than like academia and like professional white collar okay. jobs. And so when I um when I went to university I, I just studied political science uh, and Spanish. Okay. Um, Habla Espanol? Because see, <laughs> not so much anymore. Sorry, that's all I know but, too. But <laughs> uh, I actually only, I majored in Spanish only so that I could do an exchange program to Spain for three months. I thought that was like, Hey, there you thing. go. Uh, yeah, I did it. Um, but I forgot all my Spanish. So maybe <laughs> I'll work on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just like, um, I thought I was going to be like a lawyer or something. Um, and, uh, like, I mean, after I finished my undergrad, I was like, I hate academia. Like, this isn't for me at all. I thought I wanted to be an artist. I really like did a lot of soul searching. I went, um, on a really long solo trip to South America. Whoa. And it was then that I was like, you know, walking through the markets and seeing all the fresh fruits and vegetables. And I remember like picking up a cauliflower and thinking to myself, you know, I'm like, I want to be a cauliflower. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, no. And I was like, oh, no, I think I want to be a chef. So, okay. Because um, chefs don't often want to be the food that they're no, holding in their hand. <laughs> okay. No, I, I don't. I don't want little to be bean. a cauliflower. But, um, <laughs> maybe it's a good life. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but um, yeah, when I got back uh, from South America, I started going to culinary school. But that also just didn't feel like it was for me. Um, and so I dropped Why out not? pretty quickly. 
I, you know, it was just like, uh, like, I mean, everyone was like younger than me and, and which is fine. Um, but I just didn't feel like I, like that was like my culture. Um, mm. and I don't think I really understood what culinary school was when I was going to it because now in retrospect, I was like, I think I could have like really done well there. <laughs> but, um, but no, I like didn't get the discipline very well. Okay. Um, and, um, I was just like, I think I'll just start working in restaurants. And, um, I hardly did that. Like I started working, some people gave me jobs as like recipe, like testers in big, like, um, in, uh, test kitchens. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, I, like, I like helped people do like private dinner clubs and stuff. Um, and then slowly but surely I just started making like the right connections. And, uh, my first real job that I felt really connected to was there's a magazine here called Chatelaine. It's like a, a women's magazine that has it and it's heyday. The food section was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, women all over Canada would look like to see what the food trends were in Chatelaine. Um, and I got an internship in the test kitchen there. And so I started seeing like the recipes come to life and the food stylist would come in and make the recipes that I had developed and they would look so beautiful on camera. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is truly what I want to do. And so from there, it was just about making more connections and, and, um, and, and that's kind of how I got to where I am now. Wait, so how much of a culinary career is talent and how much of it is connections? Like, uh, like my culinary career? I don't know. I mean, it, like, it sounded like you, you were, you were talking about how your connections got you to where you were. I'm just curious. I definitely, yeah. Like, I definitely think that, um, maybe I'm undermining like the, your my, talent? my, uh, my natural gift yeah, of, okay. kind of just like being creative in the kitchen. Um, and like being able to like create beautiful things, uh, yeah. that was, that's definitely, especially since I kind of like started to, uh, find my like interest in food, something that like, I really started to, to kind of explore in my own kitchen and then in Chatelaine. And, um, I really like, I watched like crazy, like YouTube videos and cooking shows and I would just be so interested in them. And so, uh, you know, school is a funny thing because like, if you're really interested in learning something, especially now with the internet, you can literally learn how to do anything. Um, and so if it's about butchering, you know, a whole animal or making a souffle, you just turn on YouTube and like, you don't need to really go to school. And so I, I learned so much from like, just like reading through cookbooks that I loved and being like, I'll just, you know, make this tonight and I'll try this. Um, I'm also like, I mean, I, I will start talking about, I mean, I, I'm sure you're interested in how Maddie and I kind of got started working together, which, um, which I can speak about, but, uh, Maddie, like, I mean, I've watched him cook for years now we've done so many episodes of different shows yeah. and um and like i mean as much as he's like the perfect tv clown like he's a great chef and i learned so much from him really like I, <laughs> so i believe that and and first off don't sell yourself short this is not you know about tell us inside maddie stories like i i think that you are incredibly fascinating and talented and, and incredible with all the stuff that you're already making um Thanks. in terms of like production stuff for me and i'm sure for many others like especially in like the just a dash world where it was like Oh, are they an actor? Are they an actual chef? What's it, you know? Because I think, thankfully, because of the internet, it's like, first off, you don't have to be any specific thing. You don't have to be like, well, I'm a food stylist. So that means I don't do A, B, and C. I do E, F, and G. But like, right. um, like th the fact that you have kind of had this like multifaceted culinary career um, is like the most interesting to me, especially in the sense that more people like the big chefs, air, I'm air quoting that word now are like celebrities on their 
on their own, you know, where it's like, I don't know, does, does that mean you cook less? Like, I know like David Chang talks about that all the time where it's like, yeah, like the bigger I got, the less I actually was cooking. I was business. I was making videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, well, I, let me, let me, yeah, like, there's a lot to digest. I, I'm going to touch on, um, so Maddie and I met, I'll just, I mean, touch on like the Maddie relationship because it will lead into, to some of the other things that you just touched on. Sure. Um, Maddie and I met when he was the chef at a restaurant called Parts and Labor, mm-hmm. um, in the city. Um, I'm a couple years younger than Maddie and he was the chef at like, I think he was like still like 27, 28. And it was like, it was a party a hundred percent of the time. Um, and so, uh, I lived in the neighborhood, which was like a very up and coming neighborhood at the time. And, uh, and yeah, I would drink there a lot and wear mini skirts and Maddie and I like, you know, he was the the big cool chef and we like, we knew each other from kind of that era. Um, a couple in 2017, um, he got a vice show called it's supper time and they were looking for like a culinary producer. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like in that world, I had just worked on MasterChef Canada, which I, I quite didn't like. And I was like, I'll never do TV again. That's just not me. It's not who I am. I don't like it. Why didn't and, you like it? it? It's just like, it's long hours. It's thankless. Um, it's so wasteful. Uh, I hate seeing how much food gets wasted on those shows. Oh. And um, I just didn't really want to be a part of it. Um, it just didn't, it just didn't feel like me. And also you're like, I mean, with the amount, like there's a, the crew is like hundreds of people on a, a set like that. Whereas like the sets that I'm working on with Maddie are like five people. Uh, and so your voice can get lost in a show like that where like, I mean, like, I mean, I come into jobs with a lot of humility, but it's nice to be heard. And so, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, why am I here? That's how it felt every day. I was like, I don't need to be here. Like no one would even miss me if I wasn't. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, when I got, uh, when I got offered the job on, uh, it's supper time, I was like, I don't know. And then, you know, it was Maddie and it was a small crew and it was like what we wanted to do. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm in. And so that's kind of when Maddie, and I remember in the interview, Maddie was like, well, we need someone with a lot of culinary knowledge. Like if I say like, we need to lose sausage and like a cassoulet, uh, this episode, like, are you going to be able to make that? And I thought in my head, well, I was in the interview, like, there's no way I know how to do any of that. <laughs> YouTube. I was just like, of course. How do you make? <laughs> I was like, shit, like I got to do some YouTubing when I get home. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just like, yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. And so I got hired for the job, definitely being way underqualified for the position. And we made it work and we developed actually like an amazing relationship. And, uh, and then when he wanted to go off on his own and produce his own show, just a dash, yeah. um, he brought me along and he brought along some of, uh, like, his, his team from other shows that he had done. And we had, I mean, in both seasons of just a dash, like from the get go, we had no idea what what we were doing. And it was just kind of like in the, like in the edits that we saw what we had created. And I mean, I still watch it. Like I still go back to episodes of just a a couple of favorites. Yeah. And I like, I still laugh. I can't believe how funny it is. I think it's such an amazing show and it's crazy to think that, you know, I had a hand in, and, and helping to create that. I have friends of mine who work in TV, who work on like legit big, big shows and have referenced Just a Dash in the sense that like what you all created with that show was a cooking show that wasn't a cooking show. It was kind of a comedy sitcom, but it was like fourth wall breaking sort of stuff. 
And then it turned into almost like a um, Michael Schur style show, like the guy who worked on The Office and, and a good yeah. person. All this. Because there, there's this like, there's a, there's a discussion with the audience. There are things that happen. The point of the episode is for something that's unrelated to what actually happens in the episode to get across. I mean, and so there's character development. There's, I mean, it's, it's a fucking like masterclass in, in creating a ensemble of characters, but it somehow resolve, it revolves around cooking something. Yeah. And I mean, like, <laughs> it's crazy. The, the episodes are like, you know, max 20 minutes, but right, like right. we're there all day. But which so, is, that's long for YouTube. I mean, I think to, to yes, flag, yes. like, especially when you guys came on, like YouTube, the, the sweet spot was like, it was for music videos, right? Like the very, I remember, cause I worked in the music industry. Um, and the big thing about YouTube is like, oh, this is going to, you know, be the new MTV. You'll be able to watch music videos on here. And for a while, I think you were even limited to like 14 minutes, okay. I think of something. And it was only, I mean, obviously YouTube has been around 10 plus years now, but like um, you, what you all were making on YouTube was much more in depth, higher production quality, more story driven than any other person than like a Jamie Oliver or someone who was like a YouTube personality at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy because we'd sit there all day having no idea kind of what we were creating. And then mm -hmm. when you like, you know, compress that into, you know, the 20 minutes that we did, um, there's some, there's definitely some magic in there. But I mean, like I, as much as like it, it was like, it's the, it's such a grind. We did yeah. two episodes a day. Two uh, a day? Yeah. That's a lot. I know. We die. Um, I think our longest day was like 7am till 2am. Um, okay. and, uh, like, you know, you go delirious and it just helps make the show so much better. Like I lose my mind and we laugh so hard, like, like so much gets cut. I like, you know, we have no idea what's like, what even the episode is going to look like, how it's going to become a story. And then lo and behold, it, it really always does. Um, Whose idea was it to make it more than a cooking show? Well, um, like Tort, who's the, like the main camera guy and also like kind of the director and the editor of the okay. show i think it's like his brain is just like non-stop working in ways that no other human could understand and mm -hmm. so like even when you look at him sometimes and we're in the kitchen at maddie's like you can kind of see like the wheels turning and you're like what is he thinking and then you know something magical happens and and everything becomes amazing but i mean like i you know one morning um he showed up and he just says to me it's a musical today and i was like i don't know what that means and i don't care <laughs> and uh, and so okay. I just sit back, do like do my job as I do, and and then it's like like you know there's an episode where we make sticky toffee pudding, and like yeah. Tort changed the lighting right before Maddie got on set. I had no idea what was happening. Maddie had no idea what was happening. But like you know, we made a musical that day. <laughs> I mean, you did. You also and it's amazing. It, yeah, I mean, and also sticky toffee pudding is the greatest dessert I've ever had in my life. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah. like, okay, like the Billy Zane thing. Right. Like that was something that was, I mean, that was like network television. Like that sure. was just, it was incredible. Yeah. And also like Billy and I are friends now. So like, yeah. the power of the internet is truly insane that like- Can you explain this, gonna... this whole thing for, for folks who like, because I'm sure oh, yes, I'll yes. put links in, the, in this, okay. but like so, how did this Billy Zane thing happen? The Billy Zane thing happened because- I don't know what came over me, but one day we were on set making, I don't know even what it was, chili fish, that's one chili fish. Uh -huh. And, um, and I, 
and we Titanic came up. My favorite movie of all time, by the way. Oh, um, okay. Sorry to hear that, but go ahead. <laughs> and uh, and so Maddie just says out of nowhere, like, I wonder what Billy Zane is up to these days. And I was just like, I know him. And I did not know him. And I don't know why I said that. Mm. And he's just like, you don't know Billy Zane. And I was like, yeah, I do. I'll text him. And like, again, who am I texting? What am I doing? I quickly change like a number in my phone to Billy Zane and like be like play along to like Trish. Um, and Maddie's so, wife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, and so she does and it, she plays along and, and finds like a selfie of Billy Zane on the internet, screen grabs <laughs> it, sends it. And like we convince Maddie that I'm friends with Billy Zane. And then, uh, and I mean, like, I'm convinced. I'm just like, oh, my God, like, am I friends with Billy Zane now? And so, um, yeah, like, I mean, I that's what happened. And then um, when the episode dropped in December, I kind of it was like right around Christmas. And I was like, I, I put this post out that was just like, all I want for Christmas is for Billy Zane to see the episode. And he commented on the post. He was just like, I loved it, Michelle. And I was I died. I literally like. I convulsed on the floor. I was like, I cannot believe that Billy <laughs> Lane has seen this episode now and that he started following me and Maddie. Oh, and I was just go. like, oh my God, this is incredible. And so after that, um, I convinced Billy to do a cameo from me to Maddie for his birthday. And the relationship just started to unfold where like, I'm not, I'm not talking to Billy Zane every day, but um, yeah. I definitely like, yeah, last time I was in LA, I was like, hey, Billy, like, want to hang out? You know? It sounds um, like, yeah, and he did, right? He was like, cool, I'll meet you. Where'd you guys go to eat? He lives in Pasadena. So we just oh. like grabbed a coffee and then like his friend owns this great like vintage glasses store. So he helped me pick out a, a pair of glasses. Um, so you had a day date with the Zane? Yeah. Okay. Billy's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm sure he is. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, we had a nice time. And then... I was just like, great. Like, I'm so happy we're pals now. And, uh, and that was it. I left. So I went. We posted some stuff on the internet, which still to this day got more traffic than any other post I've ever posted in my life. Because yeah. people like people really connect to the Billy Zane story, which I can understand. It's an incredible story. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, it was manifest destiny uh, yes. in, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes I think, like, who's next? Well... Who is? I don't know. I don't know. There's someone you are. Here's the thing, because I can see you while we're talking. There was someone in your head. You just didn't answer. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I know that Maddie was friends with John Mayer. And so I was just like, will you introduce me to John Mayer? And he was just like, no, he said no. Yeah. For me, it was like, it was like, um, it was more of like nostalgia. Like he was like who I listened to when I was in high school. So like, what a, what a great brush to kind of like, um, like rein in to like, my my periphery but um but yeah i mean like yeah i mean i do think that like john would do stuff that is like on a show sure maybe he'll be on just a dash three is that is that actually happening is just a dash three gonna happen so i mean i like uh i see maddie a lot when he's in when he's in toronto Mm -hmm. um and so and we talk about it um you know, it's not something that like is in like is we're plan like we have a date or like that there's money in right now. But um we all when we see each other, we're like, yes, just a dash three is going to happen. 
but there's no concrete plan to like execute that right now. Do you feel the desire to go bigger and better than the last one? Or is it still like, let's shoot at your house. We have a budget of this, you know, let's figure out what we can do. Um, so we definitely have the desire to go bigger. We're not welcome back at Maddie's house. I, <laughs> I mean, like okay. Maddie has three kids and, and a oh, wife yeah. and like they get displaced when we're there. Like they cannot live in the house while we're filming because it's impossible. We take over, we take up so much space um, and time. So they go to like an Airbnb in Fort Erie. And so uh, Maddie did these like huge renovations on his house and that kitchen doesn't even exist anymore. So it's out of the question. You need that small space. So we have discussed like some other stuff that we could possibly do. Um, But yeah, we definitely need uh, like money and, and, time and he's so busy and yeah it's expensive well yeah because now maddie's on tv i mean i i was i texted him earlier i was like i'm watching you while i'm on the treadmill like it's a great show it's full disclosure i swear to god i think the bear is one of the best shows i've seen in years like i've never like it has been a very very long time that i've watched a show like severance was kind of like this but severance had so much it it was so unrelatable to me in a way right like but like on the bear and like i grew up in st louis and so like i would go to chicago was like that was where you would go that was like the big town to visit and like like i know those people that work at those restaurants like i i've i worked at a restaurant like i'm like that that is what it is like that guy does say that thing yeah it's it's incredible it's it's by far one of the best shows i've seen in a very very long time i agree i completely agree and i mean i've spoken to people like i mean like they just People always want to tell me about when they like have any kind of connection with Maddie because that's how they feel towards me. And uh, and oh they're just like, I, <laughs> I feel and, seen and all of a feel like I'm the link, you know, like I'm just they like want to talk about it. But it's funny because like, I mean, whatever. The point is, is that people are, I mean, I think people really love the show as well. Like, I mean, I think it's like really um, quite an incredible show. And it's, it's, it's. Were you involved on that show? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wish that would be so cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the, this is the thing, and this is really more of the the bigger point of this conversation is like whether just a dash or not, like your career is, you know, purposely or not, has has really evolved into you being the star of things. And like, I mean, I've seen it from as someone who's who's who used to watch, you know, just a dash when it was on, like to this, like, yeah, like you're cooking with cannabis, like did, did stuff kind of naturally progress from opportunities that came your way? Or did you say like, wait a second, like, I'm really good at this. I'm going to start like doubling down on myself. No, I have like that hubris is like something I lack and wish I had more of because, um, I would do more if like, if I, could recognize the potential to like blow up or get bigger. But it's always been people kind of coming up to me being like, do you want to do this? And then me being like, what, what like me? Um, and so you I have mean, imposter syndrome. I feel like, what do we, what do you, do you like? I mean, even like when you asked me to do the podcast, I was like, Oh my God, what are we going to talk about? Like, um, <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 it's still, I'm still dumbfounded by the whole experience of like people wanting to see or hear or like me be a part of more. Um, and so it feels really great, but I mean, it, I'm still kind of in, in this state of disbelief where, I mean, like when I tell, like at the beginning of this, uh, of our conversation, I, I talked about how, you know, there are a lot of days where I just kind of like have like leisurely days that kind of like pass by and that mm-hmm. feels really great because, you know, I can. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I would love 
to be busy or doing like stuff where I'm at the kind of like in like in the spotlight and um, I'm just trying to figure out like how you know how to do that um, and who wants to invest and believe in and and so I'm always pitching to kind of like different companies or different ideas to people and um, it's a grind man like it's really it's not <laughs> it's not like people are just like let's make a fucking show like let's go and then you know you're you're thrown in front of the camera like it like there has to be a lot of money and people really have to really love you in order for that to happen and um and that's rare still for me okay i i'll give you the fact that like sure it's rare that like the stars have to align but i think at least in your case it doesn't sound like there's this desire to prove yourself anymore because i mean like the cooking with cannabis show, right? Like how, how did that happen? Cause that that's good. And like, you're really funny in it and it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's a connection there. It's, and obviously you're cooking like, well, that worked, right? How did For that happen? Sure. And that like, you know, that came like, you know, we wrap like, uh, we finished the last episode of just a dash had, had just come out. And then someone, someone from an ad agency said like, we have this partnership. Do you want to, do you want to do it? And like, when they asked me, I was just like, sure. But honestly, I had no idea. They wanted to put me in front of a camera. They wanted me to make all these recipes. Like I said yes to it. Like, and then, and then I kind of read like what I was just like, what are you trying to say? You want to fly me to Boston to shoot this thing where I'm the star. And then they were like, yeah, that's what we're saying. And I was just like, okay, like, let's go. (laughs) Um, And like, after, after we filmed, we just filmed all, all five episodes in one day. Wait, really? In one day? Yeah. We just nailed it. So you had costume changes, right? Cause you, you weren't wearing the same. Yeah, I just brought a suitcase with my clothes. With some jumpsuits. And I was just like, hope they like this. Like, (laughs) Um, but that night I didn't sleep. I like remember being like, how could I say this? And who am I to do that? And yeah, like, I mean, I had a full on anxiety attack and called oh, my no. mom at 7am being like, I haven't slept. I don't know what this is going to be like. Did I just ruin everything? And like, it comes out and people are like, this is the best. We love you. And I'm just like, wow, like I worried for nothing, but I, you know, so much of everything that I do, like is followed up with kind of just still self doubt. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, yeah. I mean, I'm in nowhere near your level. And like, it's a, it, that's, that is a very common thing with anyone that has like great things happen to them. Like, you're just like, I, I feel the same way. Like you're a, like, even today, like I, I literally had therapy before this and I was talking to my therapist and he's like, yeah, so what's going on? I was like, oh, well, you know, I just kind of hate myself at all times. And uh, other than that, but life's, life's pretty good. He's like, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's unpack this. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I have the same like human experience, which I think a lot of people have, yeah. but you know, do a better job hiding. Ah, uh, do you, and I have, maybe this is a thing that's like, you're good at this. And maybe that's why you, you, you're so you're such like a good host is like, I think traditionally people that were like food personalities and I don't, I'm, I'm trying to say that in a correct way, but like the, it's, it's generally what you're making, not that person. And I think like maybe that also ha- is an evolution of the fact that like we as consumers and people don't really want to patronize brands anymore. You want to like, you want to have a relationship with a person. I mean, it's why like ever even me, like when you had your couch issue, right? Like you got a couch in the mail and everyone's like trying to tell you how your couch needs to look and that it was wrong. And, oh like, yeah. It was yeah. a really, it was like, I was glued to my phone. I was like, everyone wants, has something to say about this. It was amazing. <laughs> Did you get your couch fixed? No, I just kept the same one. I made it work. Okay, but, well, you know, I, people come in and they're like, that's a great couch. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like the transparency of yourself is what it sounds like. I mean, it's like this kind of 
double-edged sword in the sense that like, yeah, you want to be conscious of like, maybe you're, it sounds like you feel you don't deserve to be in some of these places, but also you're really good at what you're doing. Therefore, that's why you're there. Yes. I mean, thank you. I, I do feel like I've never hid my vulnerable side. Like I am just an open book who wears my heart on my sleeve all the time. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and I think that people really can relate. And I think that, you know, I, they can relate to that. They want to see me like when you fail and you're just like, I'm failing at this. <laughs> people love to see that. They don't want to see like, you know, the, the magic of television pulling out like perfect cakes and perfect lasagnas. They want to see you like, fuck up because everyone does all the time and like yeah like i mean i feel like a hundred percent a fuck up all of the time and so uh like i mean to a certain extent I, i definitely do some things okay but um but yeah i think that when people are able to kind of um expose that part of themselves expose like their vulnerabilities and like their heartbreaks and right fuck up like i you know i like i bought my couch heartbroken on boxing day online and you know bought the wrong orientation (laughs) and and it came three months later and i was just like oh my god like i just spent thousands of dollars on this thing and like what was i thinking um i never even started the the cannabis cooking show bag yeah okay because i was saying now now that you're you're crushing it you got you got the nice frame picture on the wall you got the cool looking home and yeah. how how have you been uh, living it up with your with your newfound you know bag of success? Yeah, so I love buying stuff. Um, Welcome to the show. Okay, <laughs> what else? Uh, and I love going places and then buying stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, during the quarantine, um, I did a lot of online like vintage searching, um, which was like a great fun. And um, and uh, I actually just got back from uh I, I drove from uh vancouver to whitehorse in the yukon which is uh about a 35 hour drive um and why? i did it over a week i you know it's still un- unknown why i did that it wasn't very much money spent but um it was a lot of really beautiful things seen uh, okay and um i'm going to brimfield uh in two weeks to massachusetts to yeah really like do some damage on my wallet because uh cash only some- oh don't worry i got it <laughs> My buddies used to work at, at Ralph Lauren and they would talk about how like they would have suitcases with like tens of thousands of dollars oh. um, when they would hit up Brimfield. I think to be honest now, more, more folks have like square readers and little, you know. I so, think so too. Yeah. But, but like. Way, I'm I, bringing a suitcase of cash. Yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, you'll be able to get a ton of stuff. So wait, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You're going to Brimfield. I'm going to Brimfield. Then I'm going to drive to New York, like spend a couple of days there. Um, I'm a motorcycle. Uh, I bought a really nice motorcycle during COVID. Okay. Um, I have a Ducati Scrambler. Wow. That's a serious motorcycle. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice little bike. It's perfect for me. It's like, actually they're pretty small and nimble. Um, and for like someone my size, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice to ride. I, I used to ride a, like a vintage Honda and it was kind of too bulky for me. So wait, talk to me about motorcycles. Cause okay. it, like, it sounds like you've always been into them. No, it's kind of still a new thing. I've had my motorcycle license for about three years. Um, my first year I had the Honda uh, yeah. I kind of bought it not knowing who I was as a rider. And then um, when I had a little bit more money, um, I decided to just spend it all on a motorcycle. So wow. I, bought, um, I bought a Scrambler and I love it. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah. And so in September, I think I'm going to take a motorcycle trip. But when we do that, I, I go with my friend Marika, who um, is another um 
really avid motorcycle rider and uh-huh. uh we'll probably go and ride through we we rent Harleys and we like ride through like, like different States and stuff. And it's always a fun, fun trip. Is this also going to be a show? Cause it sounds like what you're, this is the premise of a show. I like, I mean, I've pitched, I've pitched it. I've been like, Mad, doesn't it make sense? <laughs> Us on Harleys, like going to like different places. Um, but, uh, who knows? Maybe someone will hear this and be like, yes, let's fucking do that. Um, and so, but yes, I, I definitely want to make a show about riding motorcycles. That's like, better than the the ewan mcgregor one um that's that's gonna be pretty easy to do with all due respect (laughs) exactly um yeah but uh but that's kind of i just i also i mean i i bought a new car now it's all coming out i bought a new car okay see i knew it my big glow up has been in the last like i'd say like yeah year and a bit um Mm -hmm. i just got a toyota 4runner which i i love also wow Um, which which version did you get i get the the sr5 that's sick yeah Good for you. Thanks. I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's funny in the sense of like getting the vehicles and all this sorts of stuff, because obviously for me, and as I'm sure many other listeners will, will talk about, it's now you got to get the gear for it, right? So like, did you have, do you have the cool, like, if you have a Ducati, there's a certain aesthetic of, of clothing you need to wear while you're on it. Did you yeah, get it? Yeah, I like, I mean, uh like that's I think that that's the funny thing about me is that like I'm still just kind of wearing like vans and a chore jacket on my Ducati like it's not like I'm wearing like leather (laughs) no you got it you got to get the whole kit and caboodle I guess I do um yeah I should probably get like some really tight leather now um riding it around yeah or like some sort of cool colorful my thing okay have you ever seen the movie hackers this is like the fifth time hackers has come up lately i yes but i'm like drawing a blank on it okay hackers it came out in the 90s okay it's with johnny lee miller and angelina jolie actually it's where because they were like married at one point or they were definitely together for a while but it was because of this movie fisher stevens is also in it as the uh as the antagonist he um fisher stevens from like short circuit and you know i think he he kind of almost got canceled until he like admitted it was a bad idea because he was in like brown face as in in the movie i mean this is in the 90s but like the whole the whole concept which is why uh, the motorcycle thing is like there are these hackers in new york and they all are like doing cool hacker stuff like riding around in motorcycles right. and, and scooters or skateboards if you're uh if you were acid burn or zero cool or all the folks that are in there but like the the clothing in that movie all these people that i know that are stylists like clothing stylists reference that movie all the time because it's like soccer jerseys and uh like oversized trench coats and like carrying rollerblades over your shoulder but you never put them on like all these <laughs> sorts of like oh, things in there but there's there's some there's some cool ducati-esque looks oh i'm in i mean i i saw the new batman movie with uh zoe kravitz and yeah you know she rides around and with like i mean she's an unbelievable looking human but like (laughs) yeah when she wears like her little leather outfit and rides her motorcycle i was like i was like whoa that's insane that's an insane looking (laughs) human if i could ever be that anyways it does still feel more like me to just kind of like slip on um yeah a pair of like levi's and hop on the bike but um but i think you're inspiring me to kind of like take it take it a a notch up watch yeah watch the movie okay and even if you like if it's one of those movies that you watch with your phone out it could be a phone out movie there's some movies that are phone away movies but this could be a phone out okay um 
yeah, I think like Angelina Jolie's character, she she has a um like a Suzuki looking cool like asymmetrical zip jacket that looks really sick. Okay. Yeah, I'm there's some good stuff it. in there. I'm literally gonna end this conversation with you and go watch it because <laughs> because there's because you're I mean you had mentioned vintage stuff like you're you're a pretty big vintage collector no yeah I love t- like I love paper thin t-shirts that's the big one paper thin t-shirts yeah what's, like, like what's your I'm t-shirt wearing? hall of fame yeah like my t-shirt hall of fame this is a great yeah. one that I'm Right now. It's it looks like it. Heavyweight boxing shoe. Wow. I yeah, just I just found a nineties, like an early nineties Arby's paper thin. Oh um, so uh that's the that's the new one. That's the new one that I'm super excited about. You got some good hats too. I remember you had oh, like yeah. the critic hat, which that's yeah, a pretty yeah, banger. That was hat. 90s actually. Oh well I that is. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yours now. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, no, I I possess it. <laughs> Mind me. <laughs> Um, yeah but yeah i love i love a a good hat too um and so yeah i guess like hats and tees that's like the that's the big thing um yeah yeah i love that and then also like during covid because you know i wasn't going out as much and i kind of like wore like you know t-shirts and sweatpants at home i i got really excited about wearing like really fancy clothes and so oh yeah yeah like now when i go out for dinner like heels dresses lipstick like i go like all out and it feels really good to get dressed up and i don't think i ever really embraced my femininity like before this year but now uh it feels really good to kind of like wear like really girly stuff which i'm unaccustomed to what caused you to embrace the femininity oh god i don't know i think like boredom i think like uh i i lost like a lot of weight um i think okay that so you, like the glow up relationship with my my body and just mm-hmm. like i dyed my hair blonde and i was just like you know what this is the new me like i'm a like now i'm like a I'm a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> What'd your folks say when this happened? You know, it happened pretty slowly, but okay. every single time I see them, they're like, wow, you look great. My parents are the best. Just really? FYI. Yeah. They're like the nicest, pe- more supportive people I've ever, like, they're great. So really, um, they would, they would support anything. When I was like big and muscly and boxing, they were like, great. That's great for you. So. Wow. That's yeah. cool. I, I feel like that's somewhat of a rare thing these days where it, especially anyone that's like in the public eye as someone like you where it's like oh man my parents they did this this and this and that's why i'm here and it's you're just like no my parents are great yeah <laughs> my dad's a dentist my mom's like a therapist they're in love still they're together oh there you go you know? they're really they're really yeah rare rare yeah that's yeah. sick that's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> with with going to some of this other like traveling and stuff, like what do you? What are the places that you want to go to that you haven't been yet? Um, I've never been to Japan, which is kind of like high on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's far and it's expensive. So, um, and you know, I think you, you can get want... in now, though. Pardon me. I think you can get in there now. Like yeah, I I, for a while, they were. Yeah, I think my buddy, him and his wife, moved there. And it was like, it was more difficult for them to get their dog in than it was themselves. Oh but like God. they, yeah, because like Japan doesn't have rabies. So, right, right. But right. they, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty magical place. Anyone that works in fashion or works in like that sort of world, Japan is always the, the top of their list. Yes. And so, and the food, I mean, it's, uh, I love going to places where I would never make the thing that 
uh, I'm eating at home. Like, you know, like you would never go home and be like, I'm going to make ramen tonight. Like you would just buy ramen. But like there are, there is a, n- a night where you'd be like, okay, I'm going to make some burgers. Oh, you know? yeah. But anyways, that's besides the point. I want to go to Japan. Um, I mean, I haven't been like kind of like to Europe in like six years. Um, I'd love to go back. I've never been to the south of Italy, which is like um, a huge like huge interest of mine i've just been to kind of like florence and venice um and no good food i mean there's good meat in florence but there's not good bread yeah like i just want to like i just want to like drink like i just like want to smell the salt water and drink like salty Italian wines and eat like delicious seafood oysters are like amongst my like favorite food in the world shrimp cocktail like die for dipping Dip, um, back to back dipping, dipping. <laughs> okay um and so but you know like you know uh friends like because of my schedule friends are always like do you want to go here do you want to do this and i never want to say no so like if someone's just like i'm going to you know costa rica do you want to come for a week i'd be like yeah sure even though i don't have like a dying like passion to go to costa rica but i might just go i love mango so it would be it would it would scratch that itch. So mango in a zipline, like you're you're in. <laughs> sure, great. Yeah. That that's cool. So you with all this stuff, like are you trying to travel like a lot more after COVID? Because I feel like some people it's like after COVID, they all like you either got worse or you had a glow up like yourself and now you're out and you're ready to like see the world and your dresses and everything. Yeah, else. absolutely. I'm like trying to get out of Toronto as much as I can. I mean, uh, this city is a city that you pay city prices and it feels like you're in a small town, you know, like everyone knows everyone in the West end and it's, it can be quite claustrophobic. And, uh, I go to the same restaurants every night. Like it's just, it, I need to get out. Um, so I actually am planning to, um, spend a lot of time in Mexico during the winter this year. I'm trying to like, Oh, Mexico city. I'd love to go to Mexico city for a little bit. I love that city so much. It's that's uh, the new cool kids spot, by the way. It really is. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, I feel like I can get in with those cool kids. So maybe it's yeah. a place for me, but I bought this. I honestly, like I saw an Instagram post of this hotel room and then I bought a book that, that, picture was in and then that book had all these hotels that were located in merida uh in mexico uh mm-hmm. and i have this like like hardcore passion for this city that i've never been to or knew about before i saw it on instagram and now i want to move there for life um and wow. so yeah like i i'm gonna go and spend some time in mexico city but i kind of have to like go to merida and see if it's if it's the place I think it is, it looks so beautiful. There's this, yeah. the hotel room that I saw on Instagram is this room. <sighs> I love baths is another thing, which is kind of dipping. Um, okay. Yeah. Back to dipping. All right. I, I get it. Taking long baths. I do it almost every night, even in the summer. Um, and so, uh, this one hotel room has two standalone cloth foot tubs side by side. So you and like your lover can take a bath, like, and just like have a nice chat and to me that oh. is the most romantic thing i've ever seen and so like but wait wouldn't anything, you want to be in the same bath sometimes maybe yeah I, maybe you'd get okay that's, you know. but yeah like oh. just like to like be like okay like we're gonna take a like to run two baths i just think that's like that's so that's so luxurious <laughs> who thought of that <laughs> I don't know. I guess like medieval times, like kings and queens, you'd have his and her bath or theirs and their bath or whatever. Definitely colonial times over there. (laughs) Like the architecture is so beautiful. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, mean, like there's 
more draw than just two baths in one room, but it's a big sure. thing for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, another buddy of mine, like their, how they live is not through like any sort of material thing. It's all through experiences. Like they're like, I want to be in an igloo in Iceland and go look at the Northern Lights with some sort of, you know, animal pelt blanket, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. I mean, that was the draw to go to the Yukon, that it was the solstice and it was 24-hour daylight. It never got dark. Um, and so, yeah, we saw, like, some beautiful stuff and, like, um, and, uh, it, like, I mean, it was amazing. But when you're, it's one o'clock in the morning and there's, like, a full sun out, you're like, what's happening? It's a reason to go. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, like, a, like, a program for a friend of mine who was, like, trying to get sober as, like, kind of a sponsor sort of thing with him in Alaska. And we were in Ninilchik on the Kenai Peninsula. And Ninilchik is, like, a, an indigenous people's, like, area. And um, I think the population of the town is like 40 or something. And they have like one general store, but you you had to live on the land. And this is in Alaska. And yeah, like we were there during the summer. So it was like 85 degrees, uh, which I don't know in Celsius. It's like, what, 30 something or yeah. maybe or 28 Probably or whatever. But like, 30. yeah. And the sun, yeah, the sun doesn't rise or set. It just kind of slides. Right. Like it's, it's so, so wild. Yeah. And when it does get dark for that time, because it we, there was like maybe 45 minutes of darkness and we were in a tent. So you'd wake up at like, I don't know, 3.30 and put all your clothes on and then 90 minutes later, wake up in a hot sweat and take all your clothes off. Like it's, yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah. And like, I mean, as much as like, I love to go and experience like fine dining and like amazing hotels, like to be in parts of the world that just kind of are so mind-blowingly natural and naturally beautiful like mm -hmm. that that is such a draw to me um and so yeah it's like i mean trips are supposed to be indulgent but then there's other ones that you kind of just want to be like i want to like just not indulge in like buying stuff and 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 eating stuff i just want to want to like indulge in like natural beauty and that's like a yeah so many of my trips are based on that as well you turn your phone off do i turn my phone yeah i mean like it, it was it was really easy on this last trip because there's no service anywhere literally right. i didn't have a phone for a week and i was just like great like i don't yeah and like, <laughs> who's calling me nobody nothing well i mean i'm sure you're in in demand on stuff sure but um yeah like the point is is that they're they're not going anywhere like i'm not missing right. out by not answering the phone like those those instagram dms are going to be there when i when i get back to the phone yeah um michelle this has been a ton of fun chatting with you before we wrap yeah there's a series of random questions okay that I, i'd love for you to answer this okay. is straight off the dome it might seem a little bit too on the nose for you, given your career. Okay. Because you've made a lot of YouTube how-to videos. Sure. But the big thing is, if you're making a YouTube how-to video, what would the subject be? You've made a lot. So you have to make a new YouTube how-to series. What are you going to be teaching? That's not cooking. I want to like say, like sit completely still without any distractions. Like I'm very oh. good at that. But no, I wouldn't make a YouTube. That would be the most boring show ever. Um, but it doesn't... This isn't about entertainment. Like, I, this I is like, about education. Yeah, I know. I like. I I actually take so much pride in like. This is so embarrassing. Um, like uh, like extracting blackheads and um. Oh, like Doctor Pimple Popper. Yeah, and like oh, ingrown wow. hairs. Like I I have been blessed with like amazing skin but like yeah, you got a good complexion. Thank you. But <laughs> like I love I love popping other people's and I love like getting a blackhead out it's disgusting but i oh I love it. have you ever done the they're like the biore strips oh, yeah. yeah i've done everything <laughs>
Yeah, I did those. That's a that's a really humbling experience when you yeah. see these like sea anemones on your fucking. You know what else is really good? They have these um these like little uh, clean and clear um blue pads, and you rub them on your face, and you see how much oil is on your face. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like a little sheet of plastic, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It becomes transparent. Yeah. If especially because I mean you do a lot of stuff on camera. Like I've done a lot of stuff on set. They always are like, hey, we need someone to go clean up, you know, the person because like they're sweating because of the lights, whatever. And they take yeah. these little weird looking Yeah. I mean, it's it's very humbling too. It like cause you can always gauge how someone is by how many different uh how, how many, many different strips the makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh man, they're on number six on this dude. And that's Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really healthy for your skin to produce that oil so actually it's a if they are then that's great they're doing great but anyways i knew all along that it was the ingrown hair blackhead thing but i didn't know whether to say it or not and then now that i've said it i feel like i want to i feel like i want to yell it into the world like i feel (laughs) proud (laughs) yeah see there you go maybe your next series is you turn into like did you ever watch that netflix show glow up never you gotta add that to your list okay it's it's like yeah it's a um like reality you know competition show of makeup artists and makeup artists i didn't realize are muas which is makes sense so they like refer to everyone as an mua yeah and it's like different um tests and trials of like doing makeup for a shoot like this or you know blooding someone's face or um all these different levels and they're they're like a bunch of it's hosted by these celebrity makeup artists whom I, I unfortunately cannot name their names because my knowledge is little. But like, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty dope show, and you learn a ton about like all these different things. I've like I've messed around with makeup on my on my own with like some uh, some eye some yeah. eye creams it's things fun. like that. It's a uh, hell it. yeah. Um, what is the last movie you saw? Uh, Hereditary. Oh, yeah. geez, Louise. <laughs> I lo- I liked it. I mean. Uh... Yeah, I thought it was like a brilliant, scary movie. I watched it while I was in the Yukon. Um, and so it was like light. Yeah, I was going to say. And it was it was a crazy experience to be like at midnight watching like a horror movie and kind of like having this like eerie like sun out. But altogether, a great, a great experience. And I had never seen it before. I've seen all those the other movies that uh, that they did. Um, yeah. Yeah, Midsummer. Summer and that one with the cabin. I forget what it's yeah. called. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but yeah, <laughs> I loved Hereditary the most. So, yeah, you're right. I thought it was like the most brilliant, and uh, and like that style of just like I love, I love horror movies, and I love gore. Um, yeah, it's oh. like I love campy horror movies. I think that they're so funny. Like and, Cabin like, in the Woods. Yeah, I love that, and uh, yeah. I also like it when they're actually like I love a psychological thriller too that like just like fucks with you. Um, and so. Yeah, this was kind of like a little bit of both of like a psychological thriller, gore, campy, like it kind of had like a little bit of all of that. Yeah, if you're so it's for you, the good scary movie also has to have gore in it, too. I mean, it it can be anything like I like I brought up uh, the sixth sense the other day to someone and I was just like, that's one of the scariest movies. Like, can you imagine? Like, oh, yeah, it is. It's such an old movie and it was so popular when it it came out so it kind of like i mean it's i mean that's just a the, the idea of like you know finding out your i won't word it for anyone but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you scary. could spoil it it's okay realizing you're dead yeah yeah um <laughs> that's a scary thought and then i was like am i dead like you know like that, that's the thought but like or like a beautiful mind when he's like fully schizophrenic and i'm just like holy shit i'm schizophrenic 
Like, you know, like you, I lived through these movies and I'm just like, oh my God, like that could be me. Um, so. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Changeling? No. Oh, you should watch that. Okay. George C. Scott, not the Angelina Jolie movie. Okay. So watch the Angelina Jolie Hackers movie. Yeah. The Changeling is, I think it came out in 19, it's in the mid seventies, but George C. Scott, um, it's about a, this is not a spoiler. It's about a man who uh, loses his family mm-hmm. and he's a composer and he moves into a home to kind of like, he relocates after he lost his family and he, and he moves into a new home and you find out the home may not be what it, he thinks it is. Oh. Like, that's all I'll say. Okay. But the biggest thing is like the fear that freaks you out are noises. Like it's, it, there's no gore in the movie, but you become like terrified of like repetitive noises, like the sound of water dripping it's like somehow the scariest thing you've ever heard oh, after you that. watch it I, I think that like that that if you like a director is able to do that to their audience like that's an incredible experience that's why i love it so much it's like i'm sitting on my couch you know everything's normal and i'm freaking out <laughs> it's so fun um last album you heard uh i think i started listening to the new arcade fire uh record that like a couple of nights ago but i, I didn't finish it f- yeah well i think you and many other people do you feel biased because like because you're you know they're 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 local homies um I, no i feel i feel proud and yes i the bias is like in their favor um sure. i like i remember when i was in my first year of university they played at this like shitty bar in halifax and i went to go see them and then like a funeral yeah um yeah. and then you know like like a half a year later, they were like playing some of the biggest venues. Um, and so I definitely like, yeah, the bias is real. I definitely am like, I, I saw them when they were nothing, you know? Um, and so, yeah. but yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, there are previous albums to this new one, I think are, are much stronger. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, last YouTube video you watched. Um, oh, I think I, I was like literally the other night I watched, um, I watched just a dash. It, really? Yeah. <laughs> are you a YouTube thing. premium user? No. Should I be? Why not? Yeah. Okay. I will be. If you say I should be, I will be. Well, I'm very flattered. You take my recommendations yeah. so hard. But like, yeah, no, it's one of the only streaming like service things that I'm always going to pay for no matter what, because I've watched so much stuff on YouTube and, you know, I like, I used to have an ad blocker way back in the day okay. and, you know, now it doesn't work. And obviously there's a lot of like artisans and, and creators like all of you guys that I support and want to watch on YouTube, but I don't want to watch the stupid commercials. So, which is like, you just pay for the Yeah, the it makes premium perfect thing. sense. Okay, I'll yeah. consider it. Because I do, like I, I mentioned so many times throughout our conversation, how much I like rely on YouTube for literally everything. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's worth it. The big thing though that they get for some people is... If you have an iPhone or any sort of smartphone, YouTube, when the app is not on, right? Like, so say you turn your screen off, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you're watching doesn't play anymore. Right. But if you have YouTube premium, it does. So a lot of people use it for podcasts in the sense that like, if if there's like a video podcast that they watch and they want to keep listening to it, they'll just, you know, you can just have it on in the background. Understood. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's weird. I don't know. YouTube is like such a shit show. And I know so many people who like have this love hate relationship with it, but they also make lots of money with it. And you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm sure like living by the algo has got to be kind of tough. Yeah. 
for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Last thing you bought online, the RBC shirt. Oh, wh- yeah. where do you where do you get your vintage stuff? That was eBay. eBay. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching eBay? it for a long time, and I was just like, this is too expensive for me to really buy it. And then something bad—I don't even remember what bad happened—but I was in a bad mood about something, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to buy it. Um, <laughs> retail, retail therapy, therapy yeah. is real for me. Like everything that I've ever bought has been as a result of me being like, I deserve this. I'm sad oh. and I deserve it. Okay. Entitlement is also a common theme. <laughs> But um, that's for another podcast or a therapy, maybe. Um, what is a movie or a book that when someone mentions you feel they understand you? Like, I'm like, let's go back to Titanic. I'm going I'm to look so, Okay, there you go. If so people are like, I don't like Titanic. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I mean, like during... Uh, Sell me on Titanic, honestly, because I've, I've seen Titanic once. I saw it maybe I mean, like, I can't. Ago. It's such a cheesy movie. I actually think if someone was just like Titanic is my favorite movie, I might love them, but I would be like, also like, what's <laughs> what? <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. it's it's a strange it's a strange movie. There's all these things, and this isn't like an episode of Unspooled or anything, but like, there's all these things, or how did this get made? Like that I've seen in Titanic that I was like, what the hell? Yeah, like like what? I, I just don't. I don't know. And I get it. It's like, oh, it's a it's a movie about classism. And- yeah. And no, being wanted and not <laughs> it's just it's a visual spectacle and like for me who like is obsessed with beauty like i'm just like yeah that that speaks to me um i like watched more movies than i've ever watched in my life when during lockdown and like mm-hmm. you know the top ones that stand out for me were like uh cabin in the woods i had never seen before um yep. and uh ex machina i had never seen before which i think is oh, like yeah. such an incredible movie but like yeah. i'm not gonna like stand here and say that like i really connect with i do i can like but I, again like i think that's somewhat of like you know a science fiction psychological like mind fuck um i love that movie and if people are like oh i love that movie too yeah like they get me um i saw zodiac <laughs> which is another one where like an oldie but like also just it like great film it's a great movie um like it's just entertaining from start to to finish and um i watched um uh hustle on the plane uh with the, the new adam sandler movie you know what movies um, i love is like uh, okay good time <laughs> another fucking oh, movie Safety uh, like Brother Safety Brothers like when I saw yeah. that movie I saw it before Uncut Gems and I was just like this is a masterpiece this is like li- this is such an incredible movie I felt so much I never wanted to like, again we talk about phone movies and not phone movies like you're I, I was never compelled to even like touch anything like I was glued to the TV um and so yeah I, I, I think that any of those movies like uh speak to me in a way that like um that like don't but i mean i can't think of like uh, a movie that i like go back to and i'm just like this is it this is the movie that that really defines me and would would make me see my soulmate in someone else well i think you know that's that's a good response in that sense because I, I i don't know i mean i don't have an answer for that question right. i fucking asked it to yeah like i i like all the movies that I like are historically bad. They they never made money. <laughs> People would probably think less of me if I say that I like them. But yeah, like heavyweights and house guests and like like dumb kids movies sure. that are just nostalgic for me. But they're also, you know, like I rewatch like Clifford, you know, like Martin Short's movie with like Charles Grodin and stuff. I rewatch like Beethoven, which is just a stupid movie about a dog and a family. I but like, that movie. Yeah. see, like Free that's, Willy? That's a- sign me yeah. up. Free Willy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I remember Free Willy. That was a good movie. Yeah, actually. Michael Jackson hit song. Which one it was, was it again? <laughs> I don't know. But it is. He's seen the song in that movie. Um, but yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah. I mean, like, I think that sometimes m- movies are about 
time and place and age and nostalgia more than they are about like the actual movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of movies that I don't think I would, that I would like want to watch now, but I have very fond memories of. Yeah. Like a friend of mine has watched Speed like over 300 times. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. Yeah, right? I mean, he's just like, oh, man, it's a rough night. I'm just going to go ahead and put on speed yeah. before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I, like The Matrix, I think I've watched like dozens of times. Like it, it feels like I've watched, like, I mean, it's a great movie. I love that movie. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, not one that I'm like, that's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> um, last question. What you, you've been known to wear jumpsuits, Mm -hmm. some pretty amazing jumpsuits. What is, what would you say is like the best jumpsuit out there? Like Uh, for folks that are getting into, is it Big Bud Press? They make a great jumpsuit. I mean, like the beauty of jumpsuits is generally like the beauty of any kind of article of clothing that like each tailoring, like it's, it's for something else. Big Bud is like, they're so great for utility. Like you can put them on and move around and like they feel good and they're comfortable and they're well tailored and they're for everyone. Literally have sizes extra extra small yeah. to like triple extra large so and i i love um i love that they're for the people uh and um i have this one jumpsuit the red a red one that i wear that's uh um uh, garbo um is the company that makes it and they're based out of marfa texas and oh, wow. i'd say that is like just the detail it's a, a lot more expensive than the big bud ones but yeah the details the gold zipper like the weight of the hardware on it um and uh just the tailoring is like it's it's real nice um there's also a toronto-based company called horses that makes um that makes jumpsuits and they're beautiful as well and they are, are also kind of like on the the more expensive side of jumpsuits so uh this is like a flex jumpsuit it's a flex and uh, they're so beautiful and the colors are so great. Um, but um, yeah, there's, I love, like, I mean, I think that that's like uh, with jumpsuits, like, I think that when you have like, like people are wearing them at gas stations and then all of a sudden they're like a fashion piece. That's like a flex. Like that's, it's a really cool idea that uh, I can wear one with a pair of heels and people would be like, like, like I could go to a wedding in it if I, if I felt like it. It's you know? true. So. jumpsuits are are definitely they're a good vibe especially yeah. with like i don't know because i remember like some of the big bud uh big bud press jumpsuits would like they made like limited runs of them and then they were like people were flipping jumpsuits which is like oh. it's not a supreme hoodie it was like people were literally flipping the jumpsuits amazing yeah, yeah. i like. i mean i only have like some certain classic colors but maybe i need to be become more of a collector are you are you on flow team now yeah. that you're like you know you're you're a big big like youtube celeb and like celeb now like are, are you getting free free gear from some of these jumpsuit folks so big bud has sent me a couple um which is nice um and i'm i'm forever supportive of everything that they do so it's nice to be able to like um amplify their voice um yeah. but yeah like sometimes i receive stuff uh but like it's funny what I get. Like sometimes, like I just get like chocolate bars or like like a bottle of booze or like you know like I really I w- oh and a vintage shop in Chicago sent me a whole bunch of really amazing t shirts that I loved called Loop Vintage. Okay. Um, and uh, and so yes, I definitely get lots of really lo- lovely things from people. So I'm thankful for that. Sometimes I'll get free stuff from a brand, and I'm going to sound like such an asshole when I say this, but I'm like, I wish you would have just like either given me a discount or let me pick out the thing because like what you sent me is like stuff I will never wear and like is not my size and now makes me feel awkward because I just have this like pile of stuff that like I I don't want to sell it because I think it's unethical because I got it for free but like so it just sits and then I just feel like a 
an idiot. <laughs> I give it to people. Yeah, I just like give it as gifts. I'm like, do you want this? Great, go take it. Um, yeah, it like that's um, but yeah, that's an awkward thing. I like appreciate when people are like, what size are you? What like what do you like? And usually, I mean, that's so nice that someone wants to give yeah. me stuff. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, congrats again. Hey, thank and um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my god, I had such a great time. It was it was great having you on, Michelle. Thanks so much. Okay, I'll see you. Bye. Bye. All right. You've been listening to Blamo. The show is produced by uh, Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal. And our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Hey, if you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I think you can do it on Spotify now, too. But, I mean, geez louise, it's all over the place. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. And if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us. Or leave us a message, uh, and we'll put it in a future episode. Or email us at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash blamo, where we have tons of exclusive episodes in our amazing Slack community. We even got exclusive shows now. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff in there. All right? So, everyone have a lovely week or weekend or whatever you're doing. Uh, We'll see you soon.